It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer All the stars are closer Tell me what you gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue But you can't bring the truth to me Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Welcome to the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast presented by BadBirdieGolf.com. You're listening to an interview with three-time PGA Tour winner Scott Stallings. What's up, golf addicts? Thanks for downloading the Tour Junkies podcast. This episode, we are interviewing three-time winner on the PGA Tour, Scott Stallings. Scott is a good old Southerner just like ourselves, and he's probably one of the nicest guys we've had the privilege of interviewing. We were a fan before. Talking to Scott made us an even bigger fan, and he gave us an hour of his time. We talked about some cool, some really cool things. Among those, we talked about some serious issues, fan behavior lately on the PGA Tour, um, what it's like to be in the moment trying to win your first PGA Tour event, and a tweet of mine that Scott rather disagreed with. And then we talked about some fun stuff, you know, his guilty pleasure music of choice, his favorite funny movie, the thing that he does that annoys his wife, the thing that his wife does that annoys him, some things that Scott is not so talented at, because we know he's really good at golf, and uh, a couple other fun things we put Scott through the native area, and it's just a great time. This episode is brought to you by our friends at BadBirdieGolf.com. Listen, BadBirdieGolf.com, the sweetest polos, golf polos you have ever put on your body. Me and Pat have a few ourselves. Now, they're for the wilder side, so if you gentlemen like to rock a little bit more flashy of a golf shirt, this is the one for you. They feel great, and they've got a promo code for us. If you use promo code TOURJUNKIES, all one word, again, TOURJUNKIES, all one word on BadBirdieGolf.com, 15% off your entire order. Check it out right now. They just got a brand new shipment in. Love those guys. High quality stuff. But for now, enjoy the interview with Scott Stallings. What's going on, Golf Addicts? Another edition of the Tour Junkies podcast. And myself, Pat Perry, we are excited to bring another PGA Tour professional interview to the show. We're going to help you guys learn a little bit more about a staple on the PGA Tour since 2011, a three-time winner on tour. Scott Stallings is with us. What's up, Scott? How are you, man? Good, guys. How are you? Good, dude. Happy to have you on. You've had a uh, pretty good year, man. Played in 15 events, three top 25s, a couple top 10s. And, you know, you just seem like an all-around good dude playing well at the moment, about to get ready for the Zurich, which we'll talk about in a minute. I do have to ask you, though, right off the bat, Scott, your first win came at the Greenbrier in 2011. Have you? How much falconry have you done since, since winning the Greenbrier? Is that a perk of winning? Uh, no, that's actually one thing. I, I, I've done a lot at the Greenbrier. That's one thing that I have not participated in. And, uh, I, I, I don't think it's necessarily something I'm looking forward to. What? Wait, wait a minute. Like, what, what is not attractive about sending a, a falcon off your arm to go collect frozen baby chicks? Like, that should be a good time, I would think. And that's like something you got to do when you're at the, when you're at the Greenbrier. All the commercials, man. Phil talks about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I that's maybe more some feels interested in. I, I don't know a big giant bird that can claw me. I'm not necessarily uh, too concerned about uh, put myself in that situation. But uh, uh, the ATV after a torrential flood is pretty incredible. We were there yeah, years ago, and they it rained for like two or three days straight. And the guy said, "Hey, man, like you guys are more than welcome to go, but like pretty much everything you own that's on you is going to be ruined." I was like, "Perfect." So my wife and I, we were the only people that decided to go, and my wife and I, we, we were with this guy for about three hours and went all through the mountains and all around the golf course and everything, and literally, like, we both ended up in our bathing suits, and that was it. And just, it was pretty yeah, wild. Yeah, that sounds way, sounds way better than falconry, as, as hard as <laughs> yeah. Phil's trying to sell us on it. Uh, I don't think I fully understand falconry. Or even if I'm saying it correctly, but getting in yeah. mud with my wife and an ATV, that's way more up my alley. 
Yeah, that sounds like it. That's a good old Tennessee boy for you right there. I like that. That sounds good. Um, we we made a prank call to the Greenbrier last year talking about falconry right before the uh, right before the tournament. So we got to check that out. You and about six other people can watch it on YouTube. That's that's what we've got. But anyway, let's let's talk about you, man. I mentioned the season, um, how it's going. What part of your game at the moment? Are you feeling you know the most confident about, and what are some things you're you're looking to improve? Uh, you know, I started working with the short game guy Jeff Pierce uh, last year uh, at Honda, and I mean, he's helped me a lot. I mean, my my short game scrambling, uh, as far as statistics and stuff, have uh, gotten significantly better, and I feel like I got a better understanding. Been working with Scott Hamilton for a little bit over two years now, my full swing, and feel like I'm hitting it nice and just a matter of putting myself in that position, like everyone says. I mean, not to be cliche, but, you know, if it all comes together, you know, it's pretty good. Just a matter of, you know, kind of putting yourself in that position week in, week out. Um, you know, started working uh, Hilton Head a few weeks ago with my old caddy, John, and, uh, you know, happy to have him back and, you know, something that you know, we look forward to, uh, you know, being together again. And uh, just, you know, this is getting ready to the part of the season that I, I love the most. I love being in the South. I love when the weather gets warm, and uh, it's definitely something that um, I'm excited about getting going down here in New Orleans bad. Love it, man. Yeah, so for our listeners who have heard the John Yarborough podcast, John's a longtime caddy on the PJ Tour who's been on the back for Smiley Kaufman and Love Lady recently, but uh, as, as you just alluded to, Scott, y'all are, y'all are back together having worked together before, so that's really good to hear. And, of course, we love some Scott Hamilton. Our listeners have not yet had a chance to hear Scott Hamilton, but he's a, a well-known coach around the PGA Tour. And um, the guy is just absolutely hilarious. So we're, we're going to try to get him on. You got any, you got any funny uh, Scott Hamilton stories you want to share right now, or you want to leave those to yourself? Uh, I don't know. We could turn explicit pretty quick when getting uh, pro as <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, well. He's, he's a funny guy. I don't know. We've got some. We've got this wedge game that we've developed, uh, kind of redneck engineered over the last year to try to help some of my scoring stats get a little better. And um, I had like a, a end date as far as we. I did a, a score on this thing, like a, some track man thing that he. It's amazing that he's a track man instructor because if you listen to him speak on a regular basis, <laughs> you'd have no idea that he even know how to turn the track man on. Yeah. Be yeah. like a lead instructor and then he starts speaking about like spin loss and stuff that as a professional golfer i don't even understand but he can start spitting it off like holy cow where did that come from but man he can turn it on and he's about one of the smartest rednecks i've ever met um (laughs) but uh we were doing this wedge game and uh he said man there's no way you can ever beat that score and we we decided we looked at the calendars like all right you have to this date to try to beat it i could only try one time a day so on and so forth. I went down to Cartersville. It was like eight o'clock in the morning. I was like, "All right, bro, I'm ready. Let's do the games." You don't, you don't wait. It's like, "No, I'm ready." And I beat it. And he didn't talk to me for about an hour. <laughs> and uh, there's a, a fairly significant. Uh, I, I think it was uh, like a bottle of wine of the wife's choice. Uh-huh. Um, and he was just. I mean, he was heartbroken. And just, I mean, we just set the towel for the rest of the day. So I like to give him a hard time about that. I still haven't collected. So if y'all talk to him about it, uh. ask him. I'm still waiting. So it just, it's funny how he's kind of eluded me the last month or so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fast, fast paying off debts quickly. You you, may, you keep friends for a long time. Scott's not doing that. That's that's a pat move right there if I've ever seen one. Uh, oh, yeah. Perhaps, perhaps. Yeah, if Pat if Pat won that competition, he'd be asking for a rosé. Our listeners know that. Pat's a big rosé fan. I'm sure your wife also enjoys the occasional glass of rosé there, Scott. But maybe one day they can have a they can sip on a rosé together. Um, uh, what are what are a couple of your favorite courses on on tour, Scott? Just a few of your favorites. Um, Memorial is my favorite tournament. Um, I just you know Jack yeah. Sibley Ball. And I kind of had a, my rookie year, I missed the cut at Colonial and I, you know, I found out that the course was open, uh, there at Muirfield for players. And, uh, I went up like Sunday morning They gave me a cart and I played, played by myself, shorts and a golf shirt, 
you know, I'd never been there before. And I decided, you know, I went in the clubhouse and was going to go grab some dinner and was sitting there eating by myself, watching the end of the golf tournament there in Fort Worth and uh, literally sitting in that giant locker room completely by myself. Yeah, you know, I found some food somewhere and watching and uh, heard a voice and said, who's winning? And uh, turned around, it was Jack, they sat down and watched him the golf tournament with me, just me and him. And I was like, all right, this is my favorite tournament. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'd, get, awesome. I'd, get, I'd get to play probably 20 other tournaments on tour, and I just decided at that moment, like, all right, this is my favorite one. <laughs> and I sat there, got to ask questions about the – I mean, it was probably a 30-minute time, but for me, I mean, you know, one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest, and sat there just – you know, he's in a – Jim shorts and a t-shirt and he was upset about something that happened on the 17th hole and he was out there trying to help the guys work on it he's covered in dirt and mud and he just came in wow. to have some drink and wanted to see the end of the golf tournament yeah I took the time out to hang out with me so that immediately went that's to cool. top of my list <laughs> yeah I don't blame you that's really cool um you mentioned you're about to play the Zurich with uh with Aaron Baddeley talk to us about kind of what goes into selecting a partner at an event like this, you know, we kind of watched it go down last year for the first time. Me and Pat joked about it feeling maybe like a prom, you know, where one of you, you know, you guys are asking each other and maybe you didn't know if they'd already talked to somebody else and there's like fear of rejection coming into play. But talk about like selecting a partner at an event and how much you guys, will you guys, strat, like, will you strategize or how much do you strategize when you're playing a, an event with a partner like that? It is weird because some, I mean, whatever you played some tournaments, the junior, you know, amateur, pro, or whatever. Most of the time, when you play alternate shot or four ball, you play it in match play. So you truly like the idea of putting out or playing for score is sort of irrelevant. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you know, like last year, I played with Roberto Castro, a good buddy of mine, and he had to remind me during alternate shot that I needed to tap it in. I was walking to the next tee, you know, just yeah. like, just by coincidence, he put it up there to tap in. I was, Oh man, next thing you know, I'm running back to the tee, you know, <laughs> going to put a six inch putt. Like, Oh crap. Like, I, you know, just not used to it. And, you know, I, th I think, you know, uh, you'll see a lot of uh, guys way more comfortable with the format this year. Cause they've done it before, just like anything, but, you know, playing for score is kind of bizarre in terms of, you know, there is strategy that comes into it. Bads plays a draw and I play a fade and you know, Bads puts unbelievable and so anything I can do to get him on the green, that's what I'm gonna do. And uh, yeah. get him ready to go. So but it, there is a, a unique story between Bads and I. We play a lot together in Arizona at Whisper Rock and you know, a bunch of good dudes out there and uh we were talking about playing, I don't know if I'm gonna play, so on and so forth, and he had mentioned like, Would you you know, what do you think about playing? I said, Man, I'd love to play with you. Let let's do it and he goes, All right, I'm seventy five percent in. <laughs> <laughs> you're like he we kind of asked each other out on a date and i was fully committed 100 percent. and uh, he kind of you know you know held me off a little bit and yeah 75 for about a month and uh so we like to give him a hard time and then bubba found out about it and who bubba and bads are good friends and he's like man i mean how are you gonna tell a guy you're 75 percent in like you're either yes or no like <laughs> who, who even comes up with seventy five percent? Maybe he had another offer on the table. Did you ask him if he had somebody know. else he was thinking about? I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, not many guys know, but Bads is is really he's kind of American because uh, he was born in New Hampshire. So I mean, he's got the accent working for him from Australia. But uh -huh. you know, yeah. I didn't know if he which you know whether he was going to go international on me or if he was going to stick with America and. <laughs> I was born in New England. I said, man, we're, we've got that, we got to, you know, be with our heritage up there in the Northeast. And I didn't know what he was doing, but he finally committed and, uh, you know, look forward to a good week with him down here. How much does the, does the ball, does like the ball that you guys are using, does that play a big factor in it? Like we've heard about pros in the Ryder Cup and what a big deal that is to get paired together. Is that something you think about? Uh, we've talked about it. We both play a Titleist ball. We'll be fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yep. well, do you have your walk-up song yet? Because you got to have a walk-up song ready. Hey, we trust you're enjoying the interview with Scott Stallings. We just wanted to take a quick moment and remind you guys about mybookie.ag and our promo code, all one word, Tour Junkies, gets you 50% 
deposit bonuses when you make your first deposit over on mybookie.ag. So if you've not created an account, you need to do so. It is the spot that Pat and I trust and have used all season long to place our traditional golf bets. And this week for the Zurich especially, they've got some great lines out for your your teams, your partnerships there at the Zurich. They always put out the first round leader bets that we like to bet on. We think you gain an edge there with the first round leader bet. And every week over at tourjunkies.com, we write up our article giving you our picks for my bookie. We have both deposited and withdrawn from my bookie. It is a smooth, seamless process. You can do it with your debit card, credit card. It's pretty easy. You can even do Bitcoin. If any of you guys have Bitcoin out there, you can do that. But we've been paid by my bookie once we won some money. We've made a withdrawal. You get it. You get your money within like 48 hours. It's pretty simple. So head over to mybookie.ag. Use promo code TOURJUNKIES when you sign up. Make sure you use it when you sign up and you get the 50% deposit bonus. Also the best customer service you could ask for. If you have an issue, they're easy to get in contact with. You can chat right then and there. You can call in. You can email. And they're very responsive. So there's really not a lot to worry about from that standpoint either. So we want to remind you guys about the mybookie.ag promo. Again, Tour Junkies, all one word. Hope you guys are enjoying the Scott Stallings interview. We're going to get right back at it. Thanks again. Uh, that's probably our biggest point of controversy currently at the moment. Baz thinks the songs that I recommend are made up, and I've truly never heard of the songs he's recommended. So we're going to meet <laughs> it somewhere. What, I what are the songs you've recommended? If Heaven Ain't a Lot Like Dixie, I mean, okay, the Southern Anthem, I mean, how is that, like, <laughs> I don't see any problem with that. Uh, yeah, I, I can see that not really sitting bad. Bad's had never heard it. He thought I made it yeah. up. And, <laughs> this, would uh, be the, this would be the exact same thing that David and I would have trouble that's with. True, with that's true, that is true. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know exactly the... I don't know. We're we're supposed to go to dinner tomorrow, and we have to make our final deal by like noon on Wednesday, and we're gonna debate it back and forth. But uh, I'm going for like strong Southern ties. Yeah. And, uh, I don't think Bads has ever heard any Southern song. Period. So we're gonna figure it out. I'm gonna try to introduce yeah. him to somebody he's never heard before. You know, I, I know you guys are both uh, you're both outspoken Christians. What about like if Jesus was a country boy by Clay Walker? Remember that song? That's the old one. Yeah, a good one. I, I, I think I could get bad to go on that just because it has Jesus' name in it. But he would. <laughs> but I don't know. He'd still like. I think. I think anything country makes him a little nervous. So okay. Well, what yeah, about a team name? You guys got a. You guys got a team name yet? No, I mean, but we we're we're, we're just happy to be here together on the same team. I'm happy he he got past seventy five percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You got him over the hump. Well, we'll uh, we'll see if our listeners maybe maybe our listeners can come up with something creative, and we can assign you guys a team name and a hashtag and all that. Because I know there's other guys out there that are working on that. So we gotta we gotta help brand this a little bit, Scott. We, you know, you guys take care of the golf tournament. Let us take care of the brand. Okay, that's what we'll do. Um, yeah, you could say like the confused New Englanders because I was you know <laughs> all my sports loyalties and everything in New England, but I have a very I know, southern accent. And Bads was born in New Hampshire, and he's, he's from Australia. So we're we're both very confused New Englanders, I guess. Yeah, so, I, I, I think you guys barely qualify for that. But um, <laughs> who, who are some other who are some other close friends of yours on tour? That was my next question, actually. So you mentioned a couple of them, but who are some some buddies of yours on tour? Uh, a lot of the redneck. Uh, I mean, kids <laughs> and Scott Brown are good buddies of mine that I, you know, I grew up with you know, basically out of college and, you know, playing uh, some major golf with. Um, Richard Lee played golf uh, PGA Tour for a few years, had an injury, now he's playing back on the web, he's working his way back up. But uh, he's he's probably one of my closest friends, but he's the most confused Asian you've ever met in your entire life. So I've tried to convince <laughs> him that he, he's an adopted redneck, but uh, we're uh-huh. working on it. Okay. But, uh, you get uh, a Korean guy and a guy from the deep South that are really good friends. It makes for some odd conversations. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. That so, sounds like but, a good time. But, I mean, I get along with pretty much everybody, man. I, I don't have any issues for, with uh, a lot of different people. So I enjoy being out here and enjoy playing with all the guys out here that we've known for a long time. Yeah. That's awesome. Obviously buddies with Trey Mullinac too. I know. Um, yeah, I was you know, going to mention him. That, y- y'all, uh, y'all kind of hurt my feelings on him the other day. I mean, that's basically <laughs> like 
he's my he's my oldest son. He's my my actual son. My he considers Trey his big brother. And uh, y'all decided to throw some rocks at him in a tough situation and uh, it hurt him a little bit. So well, Daddy Bear to come out. Yeah, so anytime, yeah. Anytime that happens on on our Twitter account, let's just go ahead. It's just David. We're, we, yeah, I'm gonna throw him under the bus here. So David's always yeah, but, to piss people off. Basically, if it's funny, it's me. Is what is all you got to know. <laughs> and then if it's, if it's something else, no. I mean, here's the deal, man. We we love we love Mullinax. I mean, we talk about Mullinax all the time we're, on our show. We're constantly picking him. I know he works with Scott Hamilton. We texted Scott Hamilton. Uh, Saturday night, and was was saying, dude, we hope Melanax pulls it out, pulls it out, you know. And uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're in the content biz, right? And like we kind of we kind of call it like we see it. And it's you know, Pat and I were talking about it last night. It's like for us, like me and Pat have played golf our whole lives, pretty pretty you know, um, mediocre mediocre players. And it's just kind of. It's kind of gratifying, even though I know the guy was trying to win his first event. It's, it's different late on a Sunday than it may have been early on a Thursday, and I know the guy's trying to win. But it's a little gratifying as a mediocre golfer to see a little bit of that. And and then the other the other thing I have for you is Pat and I were talking like you look at other sports. It seems like there is room to make light of of situations like that, whether it's baseball, basketball, the butt fumble, you know, in the NFL, like there's always, there's always a little room to do that, but it does seem like with golf, it, it's a little touchy. People get a little, uh, I mean, we, that tweet got a, a few people mad at me for that tweet and it, you know, felt like it was inappropriate. Um, and I know you're, you're just messing around with me, but what are your thoughts on on that? Because it feels like sometimes the PGA Tour guys are a little untouchable in terms of, you know, when they do something like that in that moment, it, it's you can't you can't laugh at it or you can't you can't joke about it. Well, I think you know, it, you know, in certain situations, obviously, you know, Mark Sanchez will have never lived down the butt fumble. Yeah, I'm a big Patriots fan, so I watched that entire game and <laughs> still shocked when that happened, but. In a situation, you know, it's, it's a team game and so on and so forth. But in golf, you know, it's so much of an individual. And, you know, there's obviously so much pressure day in, day out on tour, especially on back down on Sunday with the chance to win for your first time. And, you know, just it just magnifies the fact that, you know, the guy hit a bad shot at a really bad time. And, you know, no one wants to be in that situation. But I saw Patton, you know, kind of threw back at you pretty yeah. Easy to tweet, yeah. hard to win, and I mean, you're yeah. talking about a guy who played a lot of golf for a really long time before he finally broke through, and you know, so many people like to sit there and, and poke fun all this and that, but I mean, unless you're out there doing it, you know, you don't really know what it's like to be in that situation, and yeah, I understand that, you know, there's can be so many things. I'm sure Trey will laugh about it at some point, but I'm sure that's about the last thing he wanted to see when he's walking off the golf course, but you know. I, I totally get it, and I think it's all in good fun. And yeah, I don't think there's any malicious intent behind it, in any means. But if y'all are going to give a hard time, be prepared to get a hard time too. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and we and we get it, that's for sure. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, talking about that though, with with the tour and kind of you know things that are changing on on the tour. You got you know we talk fantasy golf and DraftKings and that kind of stuff, but you know so. If you're you're to finish these two statements, you know, just finish the sentence here. The tour needs more. What? I think the tour is in a good spot because we have so much volatility. You know, week in week out, you know, you have so many different guys winning. You know, and I think the the tour is as deep as it's ever been in terms of pretty much everyone that tees it up every single week has a chance to win. And obviously, you got the top guys or whatever, but we need Tiger to win. I mean, truly, like to get golf back to where it needs to be, like nobody can carry the sport like he can. I mean, Rory, Dustin, all these guys, Jordan, Justin Thomas, all these guys are great players and unbelievable talents of the game. But like to be at Tampa, Valspar a few weeks ago, I played with Paul Casey on Sunday when it won. And we're walking up the sixth fairway and Tiger's on number one and we're kind of looking across. 
like not a lot of people that have been on tour. I had an opportunity to play in 13 when Tiger was player of the year. Like a lot of guys that are new to the tour haven't seen that in a long time. You know, the fact that, you know, people are taking two hours to get into a golf tournament because Tiger's playing. I mean, nobody can do to golf what he can. And, you know, to see him do the things he's been doing, like the, the fact that he needed to be helped to walk around his house a year ago and now he's swinging 130 miles an hour. I'm about to go have my back worked on like he did. <laughs> and I, I think there's just a lot of things that, <clears throat> as a, a guy that wanted to play professional golf because of what he did for the game way back when, like to see that he can still carry the torch and, and push golf to places it's never been before. You know, with all the young guys and Tiger still being relevant, I think golf has, has potential to go places it's never been before. So I would say that's well, my answer. The, the tour needs Tiger to win. Well, do you think he can win? Absolutely. No question about it. I mean, to see the things he's putting himself in that position, and I hope I'm right there beside him. I mean, that's where we all want to be, and uh, you know, be in that position back now on Sunday. And, you know, I, I've had a chance to, I, I did a, in a podcast a few weeks ago and they asked some of the, like the lessons I've learned on tour. And, you know, I, I've had a chance to play with four guys when they were number one in the world while they were number one in the world and hmm. learn things from every single one. And when Tiger won, uh, 13 at, at Memorial, we played in the second to last group on Saturday in a twosome and we walked up the 18th green and I, you know, thanked him for the day. And, you know, he was super, you know, I enjoyed playing with him. You know, I didn't, that was the first time I'd ever played with him and, you know, didn't really know what to expect or so on and so forth. And we, neither one of us had a great day. I think we shot, you know, maybe one or two over, but, you know, he's playing tough. And I said, man, you know, wish you the best of luck tomorrow. He looked at me and uh, he said, you shoot 67 tomorrow. I'll see you in the playoff. That was all I said. I was like, <laughs> like, man, have you kind of seen the way we played today? Like, we both, <laughs> I feel pretty good that we both shot one over today. <clears throat> and he said, no, you shoot 67 tomorrow. <clears throat> I'll see you in the playoff. And he birdied 18 uh, to shoot 66 and win by two. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but I just yeah. think, like, so many guys like that, just the mentality of a true champion. And like, I mean, he didn't have a good day at all, but that's all I thought about. I put myself in position and that's the number I got to do. And if I do that, it should be good enough to have a chance. I thought that was pretty incredible. You know, Scott, one of the things we get asked a lot actually is, is and you, you kind of talked about it a little bit is, is playing with Tiger. You know, when, when we're kind of looking at players we like for the week, as soon as the tee times come out, and, you know, there's two guys, I think, like Patton played with them in one tournament. And the immediate question is, is that going to devalue these guys because they're playing with Tiger? Is that a real thing or, or is it not? I mean, you know, for guys who are playing with them the first time, do you think they're going to struggle or, or does it just not matter at all? I don't know. I think you'd rather play with them than right in front of them. Because when you're right in front of them, nobody cares about you. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Unless, like, maybe my wife, but, I mean, she'd be out there walking around. But if I was playing anywhere in close proximity to Tiger, she'd maybe come, like, give me a kiss on the first tee and be like, yeah, I'll see you later. <laughs> I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you would much rather play with him or any of those big groups than play right in front of him because everyone's kind of stacking in front to try to get. And, you know, the groups that are in front of that main group or, you know, in the fans' eyes sort of irrelevant because – the, those big groups are the what people came out to see, and not to devalue the other players on tour, but I mean that's, I mean, no one would disagree with that. Um, but playing with them is definitely a different, you know, kind of atmosphere. You know, you kind of know where you rank real fast. Like, you know, I hit it to ten feet, he hits it on the green. It's like he pulled it from the fairway, and I hit it in the water. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know my, my shots are sort of completely irrelevant, and and no matter what shot he hits, the the you know screams and yells. But that's also I mean something like he set a standard that will never be done again. And so, but I don't know. I mean, you know, people handle it different ways. But I, I've enjoyed my times playing with him. So, what is something the tour needs less of? We need less of golf is hard. That's a fact. Like. 
you know, I know we poke fun, you know, talk about the Trey stuff and this and that, but I think that's uh, an avenue where guys like Tour Junkies and No Laying Up and, and all these other, you know, content-based things, that's something for you guys to do. When we, as a tour, you know, find bad shots that the PGA Tour players hit and continue to, like, bring attention to that, golf is hard. Like, let other people do that. We need less of that. Like, the the job of the PGA Tour social media is to promote PGA Tour players on and off the golf course. And, you know, I've seen so many, you know, Instagram posts and all this and that of it's bad shots you know, hit by players with just a tagline, golf is hard. And that is my number one pet peeve of social media and golf, especially coming from the tour. That's something that we've brought up. Like, man, like there's so many good shots that are here week in, week out. Let's show those. You know, let other people post the golf is hard videos and the memes and all the stuff that kind of go along with that. But, man, that is without question my number one pet peeve. And all the social media guys, they post one off fire to them as fast as they possibly can. Like, why? Why are we posting this? Like, what, why, what value does this bring to the tour, especially to promote the players? And yeah, that's something I'm not, I'm not a social media expert. Uh, you know, I try to do the best I possibly can, but that's definitely something that I, I struggle with in terms of, you know, promoting the tour, you know, in a positive light, both on and off the golf course. Well, we've obviously shown that we're pretty we're pretty good at doing it in a negative way, right? So you know we can cover that. But, but that but that's but that's that that kind of comes with the territory, man. It, it's it's a totally different situation. You guys are you guys are on both sides of it. You're like, wow, how good was this? And also, wow, man, how bad was that? You know, and and, and I'm not saying you know there's there's not a time and a place, but as far as the the official accounts of the tour saying stuff like that, I just I I don't agree with that at all. And, um, you know, that's something that I've, I've made my feelings, uh, aware to the guys that make those decisions and, uh, you know, hopefully they'll consider that moving forward. Well, and I will say, you know, we, we definitely, you know, whether or not we, we poke fun at Trey and that's, you know, all in good fun, but I think everyone, the tour, what we do, what like No Laying Up does, I mean, our, our thing is we, we definitely want to grow the game in a positive way. I mean, I think that's, that's key and and you know like you said we get a tiger win and something like that i mean it's you know we all want to be in this in this together uh, and so i think that's that's huge and that was interesting because we haven't heard that from a tour player yet as far as what you know they need less of so um all right so i gotta ask you know one of the things we hear about is pro-ams and, and you know you got a guy like kevin chapel who always instagrams or insta stories or whatever you call it his his pro-am events uh, on wednesday do you got any good pro-am stories or, or characters that you remember uh, y'all remember that lady in the Boise uh, pro-am that had that viral video where she had that crazy backswing uh, where she yeah. <laughs> I played with her. No, you didn't. Oh, <laughs> like that is no joke. That is, that is not made for TV. That is not, Hey, I got this crazy swing. I do that is <laughs> from one to 18, every single swing. And man, she drives it. Unbelievable. She she probably hit more fairways than I did. What? My word! And I thought somebody was making a video and was messing with me when they did that. <laughs> I just I didn't know anything. Like I was looking around for you know Scratch TV or you know one of these other golf TV shows that was just gonna like start asking me some stuff and and making fun <laughs> of me. But uh, I was blown away. And then they asked us to kind of try to like swing like her. And I was going to, like, I'd break my driver. And I'm definitely not as coordinated as she was, but that's uh, that's definitely one. But I had one on the – early in my career, I wrote a blog post for a company I was sponsored by. And just kind of like the nine people you meet in a pro-am. And, oh, my gosh, I could go on this forever. But I actually had a guy on the web tour ask me what I did for a living. What? Yeah, it, it was in Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> On the first day, he looked at me and he asked me what I did for a living. Um, did you come up with a funny answer to that? <laughs> I said, "Well, man, I try to play golf." And he goes, "Man, do you can you make any? Can, well, do you make money doing that?" I said, "Man, you're playing in a pro am at a professional event." <laughs> <laughs> and I, I said, well, the guy that wins the t- wins the tournament, I, ca- I can't remember what the first was, but, you know, he makes 
you know, roughly about this much money. He goes, oh, that's pretty good. And then that was about it. The, the people you meet in programs are, for the most part, man, you meet some really, really, really good people. And, you know, you understand that, you know, the opportunities that we provide off the golf course in terms of, like, charity and so on and so forth wouldn't be possible without it. But it's just funny, the people that put themselves in that situation in professional golf and, and come into our, our world that have no clue as far as, like, man, this is my job. Like I, I wake up every day, like you guys wake up and, and go to work. Like I wake up and I go to the golf course and you know, it, it's, it's weird, but, but it's the only probably in professional sport where like I could go on a baseball field and hit some batting practice, but I can't go while the guys yeah. are playing a game in major league baseball and, and actually be a part of it. So it's, it's very much a common ground sport where, you know, talent level is sort of irrelevant, especially when you come into the environment of tour with the pro-am environment. But it's, you definitely meet some very unique characters and you always kind of get that one guy that the guy that like is, is like a decent amateur player that's like trying to beat you. <laughs> like that's, that is a, that is a standard. Like I'm, I'm going to beat you guy. And, you know, cause most of the time the pro, the formats are, you know, one score is all that matters. And, you know, most of these guys are getting a million shots anyway, so the pro score is sort of irrelevant. So, you know, I, I don't put out a hole and guys like, oh, did you make a bogey on that hole? Like, no, what? man. I didn't, <laughs> I, didn't oh even, I, I didn't even putt for birdie. Y'all made like an eagle or something like that, and I went and hit some chips, you know, to get ready for the next few days. But, <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty funny the, the number of guys. Uh. But just like I said, for the most part, you meet some really good people. but. I've seen some really, really, really interesting shots over the course of doing this for 10 years. I can only imagine. All right, so <laughs> Scott, who, who, is a, who is a guy on tour that is misunderstood the most? I mean, you can go a bunch of different ways in, in regards to that. You know, the guy I probably know the best that's misunderstood is probably Bubba. Uh, obviously, he's his own worst enemy, and he'd probably be the first to tell you that, just some situations he puts himself in. but. Truly off the golf course, man. Truly one of the guys that, I mean, he's enjoyable to be around. He's been great to, to me and my family, and you know, we've had an enjoyable time getting to know, especially now he's got kids, and we have kids pretty close to the same age. And, you know, he's definitely gotten better. He's probably nowhere near where he thinks he needs to be, but he's definitely significantly improved to where he came from. And, uh, but, you know, at, when I first got on tour, you know, I had an opportunity to play with him a few times. And, you know, I didn't really know what in the world was going on because he's out there just having meltdowns left and right. And I'm like, man, you guys like 10th in the world. Like, where are you freaking out? And, but, you know, it's just something that he battles, you know, in terms of, you know, social situations. And, you know, but Angie does a great job as far as helping him out. And, but truly, like, He's been nothing more, him and Teddy have been nothing more but unbelievably encouraging to me in my career. And uh, Angie and my wife, Jennifer, are really good friends. And, you know, I would say that he's definitely misunderstood. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily give him the benefit of the doubt. But as far as knowing him on and off the golf course, uh, he's been a, a, a good friend of mine and, you know, someone that I enjoy hanging out with. Do you actually watch golf when you're at home? If you're, if you're taking a break a week or two off, do you, do you watch golf? Uh, obviously I watched the masters. Uh, obviously I hope I've had an opportunity to play in two of them, which has been great. Uh, but obviously it's someplace you, you want to be a part of, but I actually, I texted with Trey last night, you know, after he finished second and, uh, I said, Hey man, you know, awesome week. You know, you locked up your card for the rest of the year playing out of the category. You are like nothing but positives. I said, the biggest feat you've had today is you actually got made me watch golf today. He goes, man, you have no idea what that means to me. I was like, yeah, man, I, I you know, I, I watched specifically, you know, watch how you play. And we play a lot of practice rounds together. And obviously we, he uses the same swing coach and short game coach that I do. So we have a lot of commonalities in that. And we play a lot of golf together, both on tour and off tour. Um, take him on a couple golf trips and so on and so forth and um, enjoy hanging out with him. But watch some golf and, I had an opportunity to kind of, you know, figure out some things that I saw, you know, maybe he didn't pay attention to or so on and so forth. Not like I'm the smartest guy in the world, but, you know, I would definitely say I'm somebody that he trusts as far as and values opinion and we've got a good relationship, but 
he texted me about the fact that I actually watch golf more than anything. And uh, so I would say in certain situations I do, but for the most part, I'm chasing around my kids when I'm not, you know, on tour. So something else is normally on there that has nothing to do with golf. Well, um, you know, we talk a lot of fantasy sports, so whether, you know, well, really fantasy golf, but, but do you play fantasy sports at all? Uh, no. And I, I used to do the NCAA basketball tournament forever for a really long time. And my wife filled out a bracket two years in a row and crushed me. And that's when I determined I enjoy the, uh, <laughs> just the fact that you could have no understanding of anything and just truly just start picking number and have just as good a chance of winning. And so I enjoy the like calamity of anything can happen. And I enjoy watching just people get stressed over that way more than I enjoy like sitting watching games that I have no no care, you know, who plays on what team instead of just watching the teams that I necessarily care about. Well, have you noticed an impact on tour as far as you know? We we've seen fantasy golf grow. I mean, you look at DraftKings and FanDuel and all that kind of stuff out there. Have you noticed that on on tour? Yeah, the fact that I get so many guys that coach me like, man, you screwed up my fantasy. It's like, man, like your fantasy yeah. is completely irrelevant to me when I'm out there. Like, I'm literally not trying to make these bogeys that I'm making. Like, literally, that's the last thing in the world that I'm trying to do. And uh, uh, pretty good brace with Graham Dillette, and uh, we both play out of Whisper Rock in Phoenix. And, you know, he'll kind of go, you know, light up some people on Twitter every now and then as far as people that reach out to him and, and so on and so forth and like to give them grief. and. You know, he takes it a, a little bit more serious than I do. But, you know, I mean, we all, you know, I'm not thinking about fantasy golf when I'm out there. I'm thinking about trying to shoot the lowest score I possibly can. And, and if somebody picks me, great. If someone doesn't, you know, that's not really going to make me lose any sleep. But it is definitely becoming more and more popular and where you definitely hear about it more. Like, I need, I need you to make this putt. Uh, I got you picked this week. Like, uh, I'm going to try to make it no matter what I do. So, you know. <laughs> But it is funny the comments you get, you know, both in social media and on the golf course. Yeah, that's that's really dumb. We don't we uh we've heard other tour pros say that we we don't advise people do that. Um, obviously, it's your career. We're just doing it to, to be fun and have some some added engagement on tour. Uh, and we've seen we we've seen old old Graham get on Twitter and fire off at some of the fantasy guys and. I think last year we we tweeted at him or something and said, you know, it's not something we endorse when these knuckleheads go go crazy about their three dollar lineup. You know, um, that we should we should represent um, ourselves a little bit better out there on 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 social media because uh, you know it's actually bringing a lot of people interest to the game and we don't want to make it we don't want to put ourselves at odds with players as a result. That would not be ideal. So. Um, all right, Scott, we've, we've kind of gone through some of the, the basics and you're, you've, you're being really patient with us, but now we want to go into the native area, which is our spot where we just ask some, some of them are quick hitters. Some of them, you know, you, you just kind of, you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what kind of lie you're going to get here in the native area. It might be an easy question. might be one that's going to embarrass you a little bit. Uh, we just want to learn a little bit more about Scott Stalling. So are you ready? We, we've, we've never had yeah. anyone turn down a question in the native area. All right, is this so? Like, I mean, I, I sure y'all follow golf. Like, shot link. I mean, I get more texts yeah. after my rounds about shot link than any. Like, <laughs> even my wife, who, like, I mean, she, she obviously she's been around golf ever since we've been married, so on and so forth. But she's like, "Did you really hit a shot like this?" Yeah, <laughs> I've been like, "Man, it is it, unbelievable." It. The effect that Shotlink has on people's perspective of golf yeah. and like did it really take you six shots from 20 yards to get in the holes uh -huh. like well it did but it's not like that it doesn't paint <laughs> the whole picture not saying we're not no. capable of hitting shots because we are but Shotlink does not fully give the the full picture in most situations so, all right, I'm ready. No, but this this does come off of shot link. There are some courses where, yeah, it will describe your ball as being in the native area, um, or unknown. And, and, unknown. Yeah, yeah, or unknown. Yeah. So, and, and when we're looking at it, we look at it. And we're like, well, the, 
yeah, we don't know what the native area could be. So, uh, all right, here we go. I'm going to ask you a few, then Pat's going to wrap it up. What's your favorite funny movie? Tommy Boy. Good one. Good one. What about a guilty pleasure artist or musician or band? Somebody that you, you might be a little embarrassed to tell people that you listen to. Oh, man. It's, it's probably a lot to do with my kids. We listen to a lot of Lego Batman uh, with my son. <laughs> it, 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 it came out on his birthday, and uh, he's the Be- Lego Batman movie came out for his birthday. Uh-huh. So yeah. uh, it's been a, a staple in our house. Like, I know pretty much every word to the entire Lego Batman soundtrack. That's angry. And, uh, I think he's angry. And a lot of trolls. My daughter Ugh. loves trolls. So, yeah. I've heard that Justin Timberlake yeah. song too many times. Yeah. Yikes. Um, actually, I have an interesting question. How, how did you find us? Because, I mean, we, you know, we're not no laying up. So how did you find us? Because I, I just noticed one time you, you followed us or you commented on something we, we wrote. Uh, and then all of a sudden I'm like, why is Scott Stallings following us? Well, probably y'all threw some rocks at some of my other friends on Twitter or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't. But, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I, you know, work with Hamilton and stuff. Uh, we uh, were yeah. housing. And uh, y'all interviewed one of his guys, and we were he. One of the guys said something funny on there, and I, I was like, man, I need to follow these guys. And y'all are rednecks too, so I think that just yeah. we're probably related. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I try to I try to avoid people from Tennessee. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm with Georgia boys here, so. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, well, do you, do you listen to any any podcast? Like, which which podcast do you listen to? If you do. Uh, I listen to y'all as a listen, uh, in terms of golf or just anything in general, anything in general, listen here, Scott, you don't have to lie, dude. Like you don't have to say you listen to our podcast. You really don't. Yeah. I listen to y'all's. I listen, I do no laying up. Um, that's probably the only golf ones I listen to. Some of the other golf ones take it way too serious. Um, yeah. And then, uh, I listen to a lot of Jocko. Y'all ever listen to him? Uh, no. What's that? He's a, a Navy SEAL that he wrote a book uh, called Extreme Ownership. And it's like one of the scariest voices ever. Like you hear it in your dreams. But uh, yeah. he gets a bunch of guys. He gets a bunch of guys in there, you know, former military guys and kind of tell, uh, you know, a bunch of stories, you know, from, you know, past situations and kind of, you know, how that. Oh, wow. You know, how to use like everyday life and different things like that. And it's, uh, they're pretty long and uh, can get pretty intense at times. But, uh, Man, some guys read through the book a few years ago and started following him. And uh, actually, a, a buddy of mine that was a SEAL was uh, under him uh, while he was the he was a commander uh, in a, of a SEAL unit. And so, one of my friends actually served underneath him and uh, kind of introduced me to him a few years ago. So that's Very probably cool. the one I listen to the most. Uh, cool. I would say that, and then uh, I'm affiliated, sponsored with. Uh, on it, uh, supplement company out of Austin, Texas. So they've got a bunch of like three or four podcasts that come out of there. Aubrey Marcus, the CEO, is uh, has a pretty good one. Has a different uh, array of guests that are on there from uh, just all aspects of life, and you know it's pretty cool to kind of see how you know everyone has you know common things to deal with every day, and you know things they do to overcome adversity and use it to go you know, better themselves. And, Nice. So those are kind of either kind of staples as far as things I listen to. I like it. I like it. All right, you're gonna spend money on yourself, Scott. Not on your, not on your wife, not on your kids. You're gonna spend some money on yourself. What are you buying? Tru- truly, I'm probably gonna. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm in the process of building a house and uh, probably some some kind of like gym equipment or something like that, which my wife says I already have too much of. But as it, I don't know, as, as mail shows up in my house, I get more nervous because I'm, I'm thinking she's going to start figuring out what everything is. <laughs> so probably something in, in, in that aspect. Okay. Uh, any hidden talent? You got anything else that you're good at, like really good at? 
I played the drums my entire life up until college. And I played recently, and I think I still got it a little bit. Oh, but okay. Nice. Like that doesn't necessarily go. I wouldn't necessarily. I don't think I come across as overly musical, but uh, in the right scenarios, I feel like I could get there pretty quick. I mean, I, I feel like like your voice and just the Tennessee and and even the name. Like you should you you should be able to sing. Can you sing at all? Like a little country music. Not a chance. Maybe in a oh, certain man. scenario, if there was like a, maybe like maybe a drink or two involved, but not to the point of, yeah, probably not. Yeah, I feel like Scott yeah. Stallings is a really good country singer name. You know what I mean? No. Just because it's got a ring right. to it. No, it's but. it's more like uh, like a really bad karaoke name, maybe. <laughs> All right, any <laughs> uh, any superstitions? Or or OCD tendencies, uh, like we talked to Billy Horschel, he's like super superstitious. Uh, I, I'd say my only superstition is not to be superstitious. If that's yeah, yeah. Say. Um, that's kind of how I am. No, I'd say the only thing that I'm, especially on the golf course, I only use number ones. Okay, and that's, that's only yeah. because uh, I had a few years ago. For some reason, I in my practice rounds, I I use the same marked ball that I I do when I play. I don't do that anymore because of the situation. And luckily, my caddy realized that I almost played a ball that was the wrong ball, and I'd hit mm. a ball in the rough on a in a practice round and never went and got it. And so now I don't use ones in any time of play and practice. I only use it when I play tournament. That's probably the only thing that I'm tried and true with as far as, like, I only use ones when I play tournament rounds. Okay, so, you know, you've been on tour for a few years. I'm sure you've been to some parties, some weddings, some functions. And I'm sure that in those, you've seen you've seen guys on tour attempt to dance. Who would be the worst dancer on the PGA Tour? Josh Teeter. Josh Teeter. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. I mean, not even what? I'm not even close, and I'm probably I'm probably if he's one A, I'm one B. We we can we can have a battle for who's worse. Yeah. Like, okay. We were, um, I was at, we were we were both at Martin and Jarena Pillar's wedding a long time ago, and uh, man, that was brutal. We're both I'm I'm equally as bad as he is. Okay. All right. Well, good to know. Um, three apps on your phone that you use the most. What are the three apps? that you go to the most? Uh, Google Maps, <laughs> um, Instagram, and I use a sponsor by this company, Whoop, that does like data analytics for like your heart rate and stuff like that. In terms yep. of how you sleep, I use that every day. Okay. If you had to pick another player to caddy for you, who would it be and why? Um, probably Jason Bone because I would just laugh the entire time. We've heard he's really. F- oh, um, Scott Hamilton told us that, didn't he, Pat? Didn't he talk? Oh, that's yeah, how he funny did. Jason Bone is. <laughs> that's the truth. Yeah. He did. So, J- J- Jason Bone. I mean, Carl Peterson's pretty funny too. But we, I mean, the fact that he'd have to make it through and and carry a bag for those days, <laughs> yeah. I, know, I probably would want to do that to him. But Bone <laughs> would be unbelievable. Like playing if if you're in a group with both those guys in a threesome, like, and you make it through. 36 holes without laughing like I mean I'm in in the middle of a tournament and I'm backing off shots because I'm laughing at stuff <laughs> they've said that's awesome so I played uh, I tore is... cartilage I tore cartilage in my ribs in uh, 2012 at Humana and I was hurting pretty bad but I was bonehead and I thought I could try to play and that was obviously not right but I played played nine holes and uh, you know you play with one pro and two amateurs you know because you're each partners and we're out there playing and uh i'm playing with carl and we play nine holes at like whatever course we played and we're going to number 10 he goes hey man i got a question he goes either you're gonna withdraw or i'm gonna withdraw because i can't watch you hit anymore (laughs) (laughs) Because I'd be like on my knees, like wincing in pain, and he goes, "I, yeah. I don't think you're, getting, I don't think you're getting any better." 
I think I've I've hurt myself watching you hit. (laughs) So those guys are great. Uh. All right, Scott, I got a few more and then we'll wrap it up. The coolest athlete or celebrity phone number that you have saved on your phone. Oh, man. I don't know. It's subjective because I've been in Arizona now for five years. I've got a chance to know a lot of different guys. I'd probably say one of the guys I enjoy talking to the most is probably Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, yeah. He loves golf than any human I've ever met in my entire life. Like he, you can put any golfer in the entire world up against him and he will win. I mean, it's not, not even close, but I mean, he's super competitive and absolutely loves golf. And I mean, he'll play a Sunday night football game and he'll be 8 a.m. at Whisper Rock hit balls the next day. Dang. Wow. I mean, he he loves it. And just to kind of see a guy who's had the career he's had and, you know, the fact that, you know, he to see a guy that I, I'd say it's probably a similar perspective what you were saying, like you like to see or just the, the mediocre golfer likes to see really good players struggle at times and makes them like feel better about themselves. To see a guy that just dominates and has been, has had a longer career and is as athletic as he is, to see him play golf is, uh, a, a un- very unique situation because it's so different than what he does on an everyday basis. So if you were not playing golf for a living, what would you do? Oh, man. Obviously not a dancer. No, not a dancer or country singer. Um, I don't know. I, I'd probably own a gym. Uh, in some regards, you know, I've had a really unique, uh, last few years of my life and my health and, you know, I've learned a lot, you know, health and fitness, so on and so forth, as far as just, you know, you only get one life and one body and, you know, I want to be a good steward of it and take care of it. And that's definitely something that I did not do for a really long time. And, um, you know, I, I was very fortunate to have some people come around me when I was in kind of a tough spot and, you know, introduced me to a lot of different things. And, you know, it's kind of where I, I go to kind of get away from the game and you know not only does it help me you know stay in in decent shape but it's also you know whether i play good or whether i play bad it's somewhere where i really look forward to going and you know you know, kind of you deal with a lot of things and you're over it you know it's kind of helped me take not take the golf course home and so just so my wife and my kids don't have to deal with it well you know i'm david knows i'm i'm a very good steward of my body so i, I can definitely <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, all right. You and, you and Carl Patterson are in the same class, I think. They're Kira <laughs> Kira Deck, Happy Barn Rat. You know? Yeah, yeah. Pat's <laughs> on the Kira Deck plan. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, except, hey, I don't Kira smoke. Did. I don't smoke. <laughs> nice. All right. The weirdest fan interaction or request you've ever had. I don't know. I, I kicked a guy out at Honda this year. Um, that was probably the first time I ever kicked a guy out. The fans are getting more and more like just like you get your ticket and you feel like you can go just yell at guys no matter what, just because you're out there. And you know we're on 17, and these guys are just. I mean, it's not like 16 at Phoenix where there's. I mean, it's like a wedge. I mean, you're hitting like a five iron into the wind, and guys are putting their hands over the ball on the tee and so on and so forth. I mean, you could stay on that tee and make a 10. Uh, mm. And so between me, Chad Campbell, and Blaine Barber, we had all kind of had a tough day, and we were all pretty over it at that point. These guys just started spouting off, and there happened to be a rules official, and the rules official asked us, like, hey, do you guys, you know, if if we need to get these guys out of here, I mean, I, I don't want to say we got a bunch of tour guys that all we want to do is kick fans out because we want people to be out there. But it comes a time and a place where there's you know you know respect what we're trying to do for a living, and you know that definitely wasn't a situation where we thought it was necessary. But that was the first time in my career where I went and found someone. I was like, all right, I'm over this guy. It's time to get him out of here. Well, you kind of. You kind of killed two birds with one stone there, because that was the question I had before this one, and I just skipped it. So you answered it anyway. We were going to talk about fan behavior. So. Um, all right, a couple more, and then we'll we'll get it. We'll get out of here. What do you do that annoys your wife the most? 
I don't know if we have enough time for that. <laughs> you got to pick the most. Just the most. Ah, uh, man. I'd say, oh, not filling up the gas tank in the car, without question. I- I've gotten more questionable text messages from my wife where I get, where she gets in my car, or I've driven her car and I didn't fill it up, and the gas light's on. Uh, that's probably our biggest argument in our marriage is, um, and we were in Hilton Head two weeks ago and she had our courtesy car and I was supposed to go get gas when I went and grabbed food, uh, for us. And I came back and she had to take the kids the next day and I didn't put gas in it. Just completely forgot. Mm. And, uh, yeah, uh, she can get hateful quick in that department. Um, <laughs> so I, I would say that would probably be number one. Uh, yeah, that'd be it. Okay, well then let's switch it. What what does she do that annoys you the most? Oh, check your man. check your she, stats on Scott Tracker. She's an angel. <laughs> she's yeah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the thing she. Um, I Come would on, say Scott, her. I, I, I would say her. The. You know the, the the idea of just because I don't do it the way you do it doesn't mean it's wrong. I don't think it necessarily resonates with her. <laughs> and we we have this argument. So she makes a list. She in her mind the list needs to go from top to bottom, and I just pick out the part of the list that's most relevant to what I think needs to be done at that moment. And uh, so we laugh about that a lot. And like it's not wrong. It's not wrong. <laughs> and, uh, but I'd say that's probably that's my biggest pet peeve is the thing that she does. All right, what's the most embarrassing moment you've had with Jen or another love interest prior? Oh my gosh! I don't know. The probably the I mean the the first stomach virus that rolls through as a newlywed is not a great situation for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. No, no I, I, I'd probably say that just covers all situations and, you know, <laughs> you kind of get past the intimacy and just roll right into reality when that yeah. you know, first stuff rolls through and you're like, man, honeymoon's over. And uh, yeah. I think that goes both ways. <laughs> and I think any, any married couple or any like couple of like, you know, significant length of time, you know, relationship, I think that would pretty much cover it all. So. I'm going to go with that. All right. That's a good one. All right. What is your least favorite question to be asked out of media? How do you, like, if you, if you, if I'm being talked to by the media, especially me understanding my role on tour, I have probably done something good. Correct. You would all agree with that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not just, the media is not just beat down my door ever after every single round I play. I understand that. So, you know, how do you feel like you played today? And then you say, I felt like I played good. And then they're mm-hmm. like, that's it. I mean, what else am I supposed to say? <laughs> like, why else, would you, why else would you be talking to me? And, you know, I'd say, yeah, that's probably my least favorite. Question. Yeah. Or what's, or what's my favorite course on tour like you guys did? Oh, really? Is that, is that one? Oh. <laughs> Well, there, yeah, we're doing it because you know our, our listeners keep track. Whenever we have tour pros on and we ask them that, they keep track and like they'll remind us. Somebody just did it with Pat and Kazire, I think. We had Kazire on like a year ago, and we asked him that, and he mentioned a course that uh, I think it was Riviera, maybe. And so then the week of Riviera, some listener remembered that, it's like, "Hey, Patton said he really liked this course," you know. So that's a check in the box for him. So you know, our, our so come. Come Mirfield, you know, we'll have some listener be like, Hey, I know I know Scott said he really liked this course. That's good for him. You know, you, you guys well, are gonna play better on a course where you're familiar. So that's our motive for asking the question. I don't know what the other media's motive would be, but that's our motive. So, um Scott, we appreciate it, man. This was great. Uh it was a lot of fun and uh we'd love to have you on again sometime and we'll be we'll be pulling for you 
and uh, we'll try not to piss you off or any of your other friends off as well. Yeah, man, just don't throw rocks. All right, and just if you do throw <laughs> rocks, keep prepared. We're gonna throw them right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I um, yesterday when Patton sent that out, I, I sent him a text message with a with a gif of uh, you remember when Ace Ventura. The, the first Ace Ventura movie where Jim Carrey's in like the psycho house and he slams his head on the bench and when he's wearing like the uh-huh. tutu, I, I sent yeah. him a gif of that and, and said, you know, uh, when when a guy who is on the Pod Bros t-shirt throws you under the bus on social media, and uh, he, he sent me a funny emoticon back, and uh, <laughs> so it, it's all good. We can take it. We can totally take it. That's nice. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on and. Hopefully, get a chance to do it again. I like what you guys got going on, and keep pushing the game, man. It's so great. My heart skips skipping the beach, and I'm close enough so that space between you and me, let's lose it. The way you're dancing, swaying to the music, girl, that body, and how you move it every time you cross my mind, girl, I lose it. Alexa, play the Country Heat playlist. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. My heart skips skipping the beat. You're not close enough, so that space between you and me, let's lose it. The way you're dancing, swaying to the music. Girl, that body and how you move it. Every time you cross my mind, girl, I lose it. Alexa, play the Country Heat playlist. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.